Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 29, where today we're talking about learning to deal with difficult emotions instead of eating our emotions. And I'm sharing some key things you can do to harness the ability to keep your cool in times of chaos or confusion. When I first start working with clients, there's a moment in the beginning where we start talking about emotions. For emotional eaters, how we react to the situations that life provides us with is a huge part of why we eat. And when I suggest that we change the way we react to life, most clients react with a bit of surprise and incredulity, as if I'm crazy, as if it weren't possible to change the way we react to negative circumstances. But it is possible, absolutely. And it's the key to happiness and resilience in life. So I want you to suspend your disbelief for a moment and let's see if we can identify some ways to start making improvements today. First, we need to understand that what we're trying to accomplish is the ability to move forward in life by growing through the difficult emotions and circumstances of life. Abundance and lack, struggle and ease are all a natural part of living. What matters is how we react to these negative or unpleasant experiences like struggle or lack or failure. It's easy to let these difficulties hold us back and keep us from trying. After all, giving in and eating cake is easier than trying to withstand it. And experiencing and being present to that struggle is okay. In fact, it's the idea and belief that you cannot, should not, or must not feel, have, or experience that struggle that gets us into the most trouble. Instead, what we want as masters of our emotional eating is to see, notice, and observe the struggle and then work with it and through it rather than trying to ignore it or stuff it down with food. Just to be clear, mastering your emotional eating does not mean that you cannot or do not feel any emotions. Instead, it means that you try to understand your emotions and move through them so that you can move forward. It doesn't mean that you get it perfectly correct 100% of the time. No one gets it right all the time. It doesn't mean that you're always strong and you never mess up. Think about doing push-ups. Even the strongest man in the world comes to a place where he cannot do one more. We want to build a bit more strength and resilience every day. And mastering your emotional eating does not mean that your life is great all the time. Life happens to the best of us. 
you'll still have difficulties, you'll still have relationship problems. The key is being able to maintain your emotional eating mastery even when the stuff hits the fan. And remember, wherever you are on your path, do the best that you can to take positive action and change negative behaviors. One of the biggest benefits to practicing these tips is that you'll increase your self-awareness, which will help you with your motivation and your clarity about your health and wellness goals. Knowing yourself means knowing when too much is on your plate and when you need to take a break. It will also mean the setting of new goals you are in alignment with while letting go of goals that you really don't care about. You'll also come to realize that things generally seem to work out in the end, and so there's less need to worry about worst-case scenarios. You know as well as I that it can be difficult to create new habits, especially when they involve making big changes in your life. Keep in mind that there's always something to be learned from everything you encounter. And this will be a good opportunity to learn something that will improve your self-worth and help cultivate your self-compassion and your self-love. Because when you're learning something new and you're just starting out, it's super easy to beat yourself up for not getting it immediately. So from the start, I want you to let go of judgment. If it doesn't work out the first time, see if you can figure out why it didn't work and what you might need to do to make it work for you in the future. Take it easy on yourself when you're seeing what works for you. Consider keeping a journal to document your experience through this process and to help you get your thoughts out of your head. Sometimes it can be really overwhelming to have all of these thoughts swirling around like a whirlpool. Writing it down can help you clarify not only how you feel and what happened, but hopefully ease that feeling. And don't get judgy about that either. Just set a timer for 10 minutes and write whatever comes to you, even if it doesn't make sense. Think of it as opening the release valve on your Instant Pot and letting the pressure out before you open it up. As your self-awareness improves, so will your ability to maintain a positive outlook on your progress. If you can look back at the work that you've been doing and be proud of yourself even when you're not perfect, you'll be more confident in your ability to grow and change and be successful. There's not a whole lot that we have direct control over in our lives. We can't control other people or the weather or traffic. And while it seems as though that we can't control our emotions, we can in fact control our reactions. Most of us feel like we have no control over our reactions and our emotions, and you're not alone. There are specific things, though, that we can do and start doing today to help us manage our emotions more successfully. And that means being able to respond to all levels of stressful situations and events in a way that helps us rather than hurts us by providing a way to feel and experience our emotions without letting them control our behavior and driving us face first into a chocolate cake. So tip number one is to reframe the situation. 
Now, if you've been with me for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about this or you know have read something that I've said about this before. There are a number of things that you can do to feel differently about a situation. Um, one of the best ways to begin the practice of reframing is by implementing a concept called cognitive reappraisal. And what this is, is it involves changing your perspective on a negative situation into a positive one. Now, this is not the power of positive thinking or, um, you know, repeating a phrase over and over and over again until you believe it. It's easy for us to assume that the worst thing possible is going to happen or that the slight that we're feeling was deliberate or intentional. We tell ourselves stories about the words and the phrases in emails and the odd looks that we get and what the future even holds for us. And it's easy to wonder what the next series of unfortunate events or catastrophe is going to be. And this habit of making meaning about things creates unnecessary worry and suffering and usually leads us to even more negative emotions than good ones. It's not possible to read people's minds and even when you think you know what they meant, you could be wrong. So instead, look at the situation objectively and see if there are other explanations. If you are, let's say, out with your friend and she gives you a look, that look, you know the look, instead of assuming that you did anything to cause that look or that situation, maybe you can pause and take a step back and reframe your perspective. Maybe she's having an off night. Maybe she was thinking about something else or someone else. By thinking about these things differently, your anxiety about the look, about the situation will lessen and your emotions will not turn into something so powerful that you can't keep track of them. When you find that you're feeling strong emotions, you don't have to push them down or tell them not to exist and you certainly don't have to eat them. Tip number two is to allow negative emotions. Now, this one's really hard for a lot of us. Realize that all emotions, all emotions, all emotions are valid and even useful. If you tell yourself that there are emotions that you shouldn't or are not allowed to feel, those emotions don't go away. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel resentment or betrayal. Take a moment, stop, breathe, and acknowledge your emotions, whatever they are. Try not to judge them or yourself for having them. You don't have to be pleased about them. You don't have to be at peace with your current situation. Accepting your emotions simply means that you're acknowledging the truth, the reality, of what you feel rather than trying to stuff down your emotions with food or ignore them altogether. Some people find it helpful to label them. When you can label what you're feeling as an emotion, you can say to yourself, right now I'm feeling anger. And this will create a separation between you and your emotions where you can begin to see the emotions are something you feel or have 
rather than something you are. Consider this, you have fingers, but you aren't fingers. You feel nausea, or you feel that you have a headache, but you are neither of those things. They are merely a part of your current experience, and eventually they pass. And I get it. I so get it. It isn't always easy to acknowledge your emotions and not do anything about them. In a lot of instances, they totally suck, and you want to, you want to resolve them right then, right there, actually five minutes ago if you could. One way to help with that is by practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness encourages us to be aware and non-judgmental about our emotions, to sit with them and be present rather than react to them. Now, a lot of people think that mindfulness is hard or woo-woo. And I used to be the same way, but really, truly, getting mindful, getting present is really about getting back into your body and feeling the sensations that are happening there. It's about getting out of your head and your thoughts and getting into your body sensations. And there are a lot of ways that you can get present and get mindful. And it's funny that they call it mindful when really what you're trying to do is get out of your mind. So one of the ways that you can do that is by observing your breathing. You can set a timer for three minutes and simply become aware of your breathing. You don't need to breathe in a certain way or force yourself to, you know, think of anything special. If you can spend time simply noticing your breath, you will begin to feel calm. When your mind wanders, just bring it back and notice the breath. This is the simplest form of meditation. You can spend 10 minutes coloring. Whether or not you consider yourself creative, coloring in a coloring book is a great way to focus in on one thing instead of getting swallowed up in your emotions. Walk outside with the intention to simply notice. Again, observe your surroundings and name the things you see, hear, or smell. You can also do this inside your room or wherever you are. Another thing that you can do is to visualize your emotions floating like clouds or like leaves on a river. Just close your eyes and imagine a beautiful place that is serene and comforting. Next, Imagine an animal or an object gently passing by. Place one of your emotions on each of those things and just watch as that emotion peacefully floats or moves on by. Mindfulness or bodyfulness, maybe, <laughs> helps to tether us to the present moment. And doing these things daily is going to help you build better coping skills. Tip number three is to emphasize positive emotions. Whether you're in a time of distress or a time of peacefulness, it's important to have positive experiences. Sometimes we get lost in the hustle and the bustle and the chores of life and we forget to have fun on purpose. By doing things to have a good time, 
we're setting ourselves up for success in the future. Having positive memories helps give you hope when times get difficult. If you're familiar with tapping or EFT, you may be familiar with the concept of a happy place or a happy memory that you may go to. For many of my clients, this is a particularly hard, if not impossible, place to conjure up. In fact, when I started this work myself, every time I created a happy memory or place in my mind, something would happen to make it not feel good. If I thought of a gathering with my loved ones, all of a sudden everyone would disappear and I would be alone. If you're struggling in your current real life, Consider recalling a past time or event where you did feel good or positive. If you have a hard time doing that, make up an imaginary place where you've never been. Or consider doing something that you previously enjoyed doing. For myself, I had to create an imaginary place in my mind. I surrounded myself with some of my favorite paintings a fireplace, comfortable furniture, a view that I loved. Because the place didn't actually exist, it couldn't be taken from me. Because I was the only one there, no one could leave me. In this imaginary place, it became okay to start feeling good, happy, proud, and even safe. Give yourself permission to feel good. You don't have to have a good reason. You're alive and that's reason enough. Even if things feel like they're falling apart around you and it seems to be all your fault. And I know I've said this before, but practicing gratitude can sometimes make you feel better, even when it's hard to stay positive. Sure, your neighbors may be loud, but you have a roof over your head and shelter from the elements. Okay, maybe your car is in the shop, but at least it's repairable. At least you have food in the pantry, clothes on your back. It could always be worse. So make a gratitude list each day and see what happens to your attitude. You don't have to come up with something grand every day to be grateful for. If you like the pen you write with, be grateful for that pen. If you're having a really bad day and can't think of anything, be grateful for the oxygen you breathe, or your pet, or a meal. You can change your current outlook by balancing out negative thoughts with positive ones. For example, if you're thinking, and I know because I've given you a lot today, if you're thinking, I can't do this, you can shift your perspective with this one little word, yet. I can't do this yet. Yet opens up the possibility. Yet provides opportunity. Yet is filled with hope and that feels better and will help with tolerating emotional distress. Being able to sit with your emotions and move through them and move on from them will keep you from making impulsive decisions that will lead you to self-sabotage. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to master. That's what we're trying to accomplish as emotional eating masters.
Now, I know I mentioned tapping in this podcast, and you may not be familiar with what that is. So in the resources for this podcast, I'm going to include a video I made a while back. It's a five-minute introduction to tapping. It's very short, and it doesn't go into a lot of the meat and potatoes about how it works and why. But it includes enough to get you started, so be sure to check that out. If you have any questions or if you want to talk to me about these tips on how to deal with negative emotions, how to cope with negative emotions without eating chocolate cake or cookies, um, I would love to talk to you. Feel free to reach out to me at your earliest convenience. I can be found on Facebook at fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall or at my website, www.christyrhall.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you soon.